Hello, my name is Alessandro, and this is the Lobster Podcast, a space for conversations out of our comfort zone. I'm very excited to have here with me today Sanne Canis, my friend from the Netherlands, who has had a significant career in the tech world, working for Google, Spotify, Booking.com, just to name a few, and who has a few years ago made a courageous leap to create her own business as a consultant and also as a writer. With Sane, we will look into insights of her journey from tech into writing, learn how she faced her challenges and discover what it took for her to overcome the fears of the unknown and find resilience as an entrepreneur. Sane, welcome to the Lobster Podcast. Thank you so much for the invite. It's such an honor to be here and uh, excited to reconnect. Um, I'm doing well today. It's Sunday. Uh, I think it's a good time to wind down, but also to reflect uh, on the week uh, I have and the week that is coming. So I think it's good timing to also take a step back and to, uh, um, to review the last years um and uh, some of the changes are made so i think um yeah no i'm uh, i'm excited well that sounds good i mean it's such an important thing to do isn't it be reflective reflect back onto what has happened sometimes we just move on without actually thinking well what have i actually achieved uh, so far so it's it's a good yeah it's a good moment to do that and how about we explain perhaps to our audience how we know each other i think um, it's important to connect the dots uh, always and um, so we met in london so many years ago now it feels like mm -hmm. still kind yeah. of yesterday isn't it but it's a long time ago and we had some some friends and colleagues in common i remember And um, and then obviously our paths were quite different. We went in different directions, but we always stayed in touch. Then yeah. I remember I noticed that you did um, a TEDx talk uh, in Amsterdam, um, which was around ethics and morality in tech. And I'd be curious to you know hear more on that from you. Uh, but then you also published uh, two books. And that made me very curious about your journey, your path. And I wanted to find out where you are now in life. And this is how we got together now. Well, what, are, mm. what are your memories from how we got to know each other and what followed? Yeah, I remember um, really nice meetings um, with Matt and Christine. And we always ended up in really cool parties from ukulele, uh, <laughs> karaoke, bars or um, uh, silent disco parties. Yeah. Uh, um, no, it was just such a great time. Um, and I, I, I would love for us to have a proper reunion. And oh. um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That would be amazing. We just need to end up on one of these events. <laughs> it was such a huge hype. I remember the silent discos was like crazy. Everyone was going to these and it was so much fun. Um, so I did yeah. in the church yesterday here in Amsterdam. So they finally got like spread it around. Um, they organized it in a beautiful church with um, uh, Madonna and David Bowie and the, like the, the, the hits. And everyone um, was just like in their own bubble and their yeah. own space. It was glorious. Yeah, it's amazing. One of the funniest thing I did for Silent Disco, which we're going a bit off topic here, but it's fun, right? I took off the headphones 
and it was so funny to hear how people were singing it was just uh, it was so random but amazing and then obviously you know these headphones had different channels and different music styles and everyone was singing something different and totally out of tune and it was just so much fun <laughs> so much fun Sunny, um how about you take an opportunity to introduce yourself and and let the uh, audience know who who you are and what you do today Sure, yeah. Um, I'm Sanne. I'm working and living uh, in Amsterdam at the moment. I uh, did a combination of studies, uh, law, musicologies, and later on INSEAD. I started my career at a big tech uh, firm called uh, Google. And then later I left for Spotify, um, where I headed up the commercial strategy and uh, uh, department. And later I moved on to uh, strategic partnerships um, in Europe and then I moved to booking uh, so moved back to Amsterdam um, and um, uh, after uh, that I uh, closed the big tech chapter or well uh, at least being employed for big tech and started my own uh, consultancy yeah, boutique and uh, um, uh, advising clients so both tech and media those are really my yeah my main interests and um, um, I also developed like my love for storytelling I think it's um, important for me to think about how I can improve things so it's been like that I think since ever that um, my first job at Google was actually to optimizing campaigns and optimizing ad strategy and um, I, I think that's um, that's what I like, thinking about new ways or new strategies. But then I also love storytelling. So I try to find ways to, uh, to, uh, yeah, to get a job that I can uh, do both. So for, for me, like building an investor deck or a presentation, that's already yeah, super mm -hmm. like interesting for me because you can tell a story and you can uh, try to leave something behind and create something together. Uh, so those are the things I really like. Um, and um, yeah, other than that, I'm a, a passionate music lover. I love going for walks or playing tennis um, mm. and uh, reading books, uh, listening to podcasts and um, basically anything that inspires me or drives my curiosity. That's beautiful. Thank you. I have a good impression now. It's a brilliant introduction to who you are professionally and what you really enjoy in your private life as well. So thank you for that, Sane. Um, so that just gave us a snapshot, right? So let's start a little bit from the beginning. So you were in this tech world and I'm curious to understand what have you learned through your experience in the tech world and these different tech giants? I'm curious about your learning. I'm also curious to understand what you're seeing right now um, in the tech world and what, what do you see as pros what do you see as cons at the moment sure um, what i really enjoyed at working uh, at google and spotify is mainly that you learn so much every day you learn uh, to work on new projects you learn from uh, your peers um, you learn to work with international um, uh, teams where you always have to think about how you approach a certain message um, so it, it has been such a great playing field for me to understand more about me and more about what I like 
um so i was really i felt i've always felt like a kid in the candy shop like curiosity (laughs) is like so important for me and if you uh, if every single quarter is different um then it's just like a really nice place place to be uh, for me, repetition is a, a, a big mood killer. Mm-hmm. Um, so as soon Likewise. as I, yeah, right, like, yeah, oh, I've, I, I, don't, I just don't have the patience for it. So as soon as I discovered I'm in the flatliner of a certain job or uh, my career, I always wanted to move ahead and uh, go to the next um, yeah, exciting journey. Um, but going back to the, your question, what I really like about big tech is that uh, they have such a uh, positive influence on our daily na- lives, right? Like uh, cycling to somewhere you don't know, you can use maps or you can order some food or you can stay connected with other friends like you uh, all mm-hmm. over the world. There's so much um, advantages in terms of getting access to services and information uh, that we can't imagine a a life without tech. And I think everyone has benefited from that. Um, But I think my concern uh, has raised over the last years that that is also the downside, right? Like the the fact that we are getting more dependent on such services is also the risk. if those services were spread out equally uh, amongst multiple uh, suppliers or um, uh, companies, then then I wouldn't be so worried. But because the power is concentrated at um, a few companies, that's uh, that's just not necessarily advantageous for users. And then I'm thinking about concentration of certain data um, a data that is also used to, um, uh, to influence decisions when you purchase or when you vote um, uh, influence certain thinking and purchasing beha- behavior and not giving a equal level level playing fields to new players and new startups that also want to have uh, an opportunity to you know, to um, um, to build their presence and to offer uh, new comp- new new products. So that's um, that's my um, I think concern. And then my uh, my domain uh, where I write about is the the ethics uh, in technology and yeah. and the fact like do we still have a moral compass to take decisions when we build and develop products? Um, are we developing products just because we can or also if we uh, because we need something yeah uh, and that is uh, uh, that is also also due like you know if we have a moral compass in the organization and we know that we build tech solutions for good then it's then it's great but if you don't have a moral compass in your organization um, and then then it's easy to just build and ship products that no one wants and there's no concern left for uh for the ethical sites within or outside your company yeah it sounds like you're very aware um not just you know the passion around tech and what you love about it and uh, all these aspects of making life easier for so many aspects and making connectivity so accessible uh, very far away connect with anyone um, 
and and that is fantastic the internet um in in that way but you are very aware about the concerns as well the downsides the sharing of data and the price that is paid for those services that seem free but you give away a lot of your data and i've been through a journey where um i have uh switched off social media or completely deleted profiles on social media because I was having a period where I most was more sensitive to that and um, right. and conscious of that and kind of scared of that in a way. Um, and I had to find a, a new comfortable approach to it and also develop a mindset for it of how I can live actually um, better with social media and when that are that are in the hands of these really big tech um, giants. Um, so we learned about the pros and cons for you. We also learned about yourself and how much you learned with this tech experience and your career in tech uh, around your impatience you mentioned. I'm curious now, because you had a career change, and you you drove this by yourself, what caused you to slowly disconnect with the industry? You know, what was starting to perhaps be missing for you or going into the wrong direction? I'm, I'm curious to hear how you started slowly to disconnect with it. Yeah, it's a good question. There, there was not specifically like one point in my time. Um, I think there have been a few meetings where I thought, um, are we optimizing for the right metrics and um, is this really what the consumer wants um, is this a short-term solution just because we want to make our revenue target targets or is this really beneficial to our partners and consumers and then i i think consequently thought that the answer would be optimization just for the company and the board Mm -hmm. um, so I think that was um, a, a, a time in my life that I felt, um, is, this, is this still the right um, place to, uh, for me? Can I still make an impact? And what yeah. is something that I want to leave behind? And, you know, if you're part of a large business, then in some way, in some roles, you can make a big impact because you might have a big team or a big budget. But I felt that I didn't um exploit my talents in like the best mm -hmm. way possible mm -hmm. um and i um you know that i didn't really contribute to the company's values anymore or um perhaps maybe lack of recognition um to from outside but also internal recognition i think i just couldn't really get energized about my my daily tasks um and also just like i i'm, I'm never fully disconnected from the industry right like i still mm -hmm. work in technology but then i try to focus on smaller companies that make make a big impact um, uh, rather than the bigger companies um so what I like about that is that you can see immediate impact uh, because you work with talented entrepreneurs and um, you help them, you monitor, you guide them, and you hope that they don't make the same mistakes as you did like 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, and that's, and that's really uh, for me was fascinating because I had to reinvent myself 
uh, and build a toolkit and like, you know, how do you work with clients? How do you invoice and um, how do you solve this? How do you deal with your accountant? But um, those, of course, are the side business uh, or the side part of your business and running uh, a company. But it was much more about do what do I have to offer? What did I actually learn in the in the 15 years before I started consulting? And um, um, how can I um, make this a, um, a business or how can I make this how, how can I make a living uh, a, a living from how can I make a living from it that I actually really enjoy my freedom, my autonomy, um, using my talents, but also stay you know stay con- connected and help. Uh, entrepreneurs uh, being better and I think that's what you do now right with coaching like trying to make people better but I think that that requires constantly that feedback loop um, that you need to have that can be tiring and lonely and uh, lonely and exciting and anxious all at the same time I think yeah that's absolutely it and this is why I am so passionate about because the loneliness that they need support with when you are in such a, a spirit of wanting to change something in your career and the disconnect that you potentially can feel with where you are and where you actually love to be. But you need to realize and become conscious of your potential and your real talent, um, your natural behavioral needs as well. What are those motivational drivers within you? What is it that gives you energy? Um, Good energy, of course, and that can really drive you. Um, And it's around asking insightful questions. It's also around being present and listening very actively and listening. Sometimes it's around what am I hearing and what am I not hearing, actually, that also stimulates the questions that I'm going to ask um, to my coaches often. And then, as you said, is around the feedback and the feedback. There is a very important part in coaching, which is giving challenge and provide challenge because challenge stimulates your thinking way broader than um, than what I would say is constructive feedback. I always make the difference mm-hmm. a little bit between challenging feedback and constructive feedback. So completely agree with you. And, um, and it's something I'm very, very passionate about uh, developing, helping develop talent and finding also these um, transferable skills that can be used to recognize new potential and what I can actually change where, which direction I could actually go. Um, I'm I'm conscious as well, Sonny, you mentioned to me before that you had also a moment of burnout in your in your career. Is that something you'd love to touch on perhaps? Um, How did you navigate through that? How did you get out of that moment? Yeah, I think that was uh, in my I think my fifth or my fourth year at Google. When I was experienced, I, I, I worked like really late hours and did a lot of um, uh, analytical stuff, which uh, which I really like, but not if I have to do it like uh, 90% of my time, I guess. And I just got a lot of uh, yeah, just too, too much work for the time that I, uh, I was working. So that in combination with not enough um, relaxation and things 
that I love to do outside my work. I just felt that my, basically my can of water was reducing uh, all the time. And um, um, I think that was also because I uh, was um, maybe hitting a flatliner and, and did repetitional work. That wasn't necessarily my forte. And I should have, I think, addressed that in hindsight and, and, and understand what makes me happy. Um, and I think I was 28, maybe 29. So not, um, and yeah, I was not really asking myself the right questions. Like, where do you get energy from? Um, is it, am I hanging out with people that I love and um, people who give me energy? What do I actually like to do on a Saturday and Sunday? And I think I may have just lived more the life that I expected myself to do than yeah or, or asking myself the right questions um in that time so then i think my employer was really um, um accommodating in in terms of like finding me a coach uh, a psychologist a uh doing yoga uh, i left the office at four uh and didn't work late um so that really helped me and um um i think i just also needed a change and um and maybe it was a burnout, but I think you also co could call it a bore out. Um, mm -hmm. uh, and that's always a good sign for me to reflect and move. Maybe it's just time to move on to a next chapter. Yeah. And I've been there as well, Sunny. I've been there very close, let's say. Uh, not to that extent, perhaps, but I know how it feels. And, um, and it's what I take from what you just said is it's important to recognize how to get support not just in your own company, but also look around you and and realize who is in your family to support you, who are your friends that can support you. So there's a whole ecosystem of support that helps to, to connect with and, uh, and that we should never be afraid of um, reaching out. Um, mm. So it sounds also like you had an opportunity there. So it, it gave you an opportunity to reflect on what really counts for you. And eventually you focused, I remember you were uh, telling me the other time, you recognized something that you loved to do during childhood mm -hmm. around writing. So how did you find the entrepreneurial side with that passion of yours? Yeah, so I um, I, th I also had a business when I was 15 um, uh, with a friend of mine. We uh, catered on birthdays and we our concept was um, the person that's celebrating the birthday really need to be uh, not concerned about opening the doors, um, uh, <laughs> putting flowers in water, etc. So that was our first business. Well, <laughs> Um, uh, so I think I always liked um, uh, starting new things and um, I ran a small newspaper at, um, uh, at the school as well and also during university. So I think the love for entrepreneurial stuff was always there and for media uh, as well and storytelling. Mm -hmm. So when, um, when I figured out after the burnout, like what's, what are the stuff that I used to like as a kid, then I always go back to playing saxophone, tennis and uh, writing. Um, so that uh, was what I tried to incorporate in my life as well. So I think everyone should have a side hustle, whether it's like mm -hmm. interior design or whether it's 
um, uh, flower arrangements, but you should make uh, yourself happy with doing stuff that you like. Um, and I, I really try to focus on the writing and I started doing courses um, uh, which were in English because when, uh, by the time I did it, I, I lived in London. So it, it wasn't like plain sailing uh, in terms of expressing myself uh, really properly. But I did start a blog uh, which, was, uh, which was all about lost in translation and understanding the British culture and, and uh, yeah. about like all the lovely international cultures that I uh, engage with and there was so much observation and so much things like that made me also yeah sometimes question my own uh, national identity right like why are why are the Dutch so direct or why are, um, yeah that's stereotypical but um, I just found it fascinated to observe and to write about it um, uh, and um, yeah I just um, thought at one point um, I have so much anecdotes also from the tech world that there's enough material to write a book about. And um, I approached a publishing house um, and they were quite fond of the idea. Um, it's, it's, it was a new book about disclosing, you know, what's happening in tech. Um, uh, and um, um, yeah, they, they saw potential in it. So everything started from connecting back to what you were enjoying doing, writing, and it led eventually to, to a book, to your first book of two that you wrote. What were the challenges when you wrote your first book? You know, I'm, I'm okay, let's say it, let's put mm -hmm. it out there. I'd love to write a book. Yeah. And in a way I started approaching it and, and I thought, I'll think about the structure of what I want to write. And then, okay, let's take maybe 10 minutes a day, you know, um, wake up in the morning, make myself a coffee and just write whatever. Give myself a timer, 10 minutes. If it's one line, it's one line. If it's one page, it's one page and just approach it that way. But it is really a challenge. Um, and it's also, I think, a, a huge experience of getting to know yourself again you know, another mm. opportunity for that. Now, I'd love to hear from you. What, what were your particular challenges with it? I think everyone has a book in them, right? So mm. uh, I think it's a combination of discipline, doing the right courses and just read a lot of books and, ma and make sure you add like 10,000 hours of practicing and rewriting, editing. And uh, I think for me, there were a couple of hurdles First of all, um, the, uh, the lonely process it was. I, I've always worked in teams, always able to get like feedback or yeah. ask my manager what to do or ask my colleague what to do. And all of a sudden, I, it was me, myself and I. Mm -hmm. um, of course, you get a lot of guidance uh, from your editor. Um, uh, but but then again, you know, like 90% you're just, it's just you. And you constantly have to... Um, be in that feedback loop of is this good enough right and yeah. I think because I've never published something before I really struggled with like yeah is this good enough how do people feel this um, are people gonna talk trash about it um, um, and I think you have to close that door when you're writing because if you have constantly that negative voice in you there will never be a good book and if you think about the audience that's going to read it there's always going to be someone in your head that's saying oh no i don't like it 
Mm. Yeah, but that's the same with product marketing, right? You're not, you cannot put, uh, write for everyone. And yeah, um, yeah it, those were the main hurdles. It was also intimidating to have like such a big monster. I think okay. um, what really helped me is getting control back and finding toolkits and frameworks that I already knew. And that was the startup mag- uh, methodology. So I was really uh, used to working sprints um, uh, when I worked at Spotify. And um, um, basically, I adapt uh, and applied that way of working into writing. So every week, I set myself a target. Like, uh, you have to write 5,000 words. You have to work on the character development for uh, Felix, for Anna, Um you have to build the Pinterest boards showing all the images or all the closing and then uh, the details about the character. So I really made myself into kind of like a project management process. And, mm-hmm. and that gave me guidance and control bre- uh, back of uh, a new uh, uncomfortable uncomfort- process that I was in. Yeah, it sounds like you have overcome your challenges by giving it a bit more structure for you um, and have have a plan, have goals, have a target that actually push you that it can even have tangibly there, right? Really see black on white where you want to get to and, and be able to measure it and, and track progress as well. So what I found also very interesting, Sun, is you touched on an analogy here um, that is can be used in career as well, right? About having doubts around, will people enjoy this? Will people like this? Am I good enough for this? So it's this aspect of imposter syndrome that kicks in. Mm-hmm. And it's a mental thing, like you said. So I always use something very interesting to challenge or shift the way that we see this or look at it or um, think about it, which is, how would you see yourself if imposter syndrome wasn't even a thing? You know, if it would mm. not even exist, how would you see yourself then? Right. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think I would look at myself through my best friend eyes, who is probably much more mild about me than I am towards myself. How would that be? Um, right, like I think a um, ambition, ambitious woman trying to fight to make a positive impact on the world, um, who also hopefully that she says that I have some sense of humor. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I, I think um, we all deal with a kind of like small imposter syndrome, like I read about it quite a lot. Um, even mm-hmm. Einstein ha- has it right so it's not your lack of talent or um, a lack of anything but it's really about yeah being able to be uncomfortable with in your uh, uncomfortableness yeah, sorry that be that's comfortable different. with your uncomfortableness yeah that's, that doesn't <laughs> <laughs> yeah absolutely um, or embracing your yeah feeling of being uncomfortable allowing it yeah why not why not uh, allowing it to be uncomfortable it's fine it's absolutely fine it's absolutely human and natural 
but I'm, I want to stay on this. I'm really curious about it, Sunny. I mean, if you are conscious of what your friend would say about you compared to what sometimes perhaps you say about yourself, what's the difference here? Um, I, I think I always have a, uh, a voice in my head that um, it's not enough or I'm not going fast enough or I want to achieve more. Um, I've been giving a lot, uh, receiving like lots of opportunities, but am I taking them uh, to the fullest? Am I living to my fullest potential? Right. So there's always mm. that, that kind of like judgments, like go faster, go do better. Um, yeah. And I think my best friend would say like, okay, it's, it's okay. Right. Like you're already kind of like driving a formula one car. Um, mm. So slow down is okay. It's fine. <laughs> it's okay. Absolutely. I love yeah. this. You can afford and... yourself a pit stop. <laughs> oh yeah. We need pit stops. <laughs> Change tires. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so you mentioned your friend would say that you're an ambitious person and, um, with a sense of humor, brilliant. So I want to know from you, what, what is, um, the legacy that you want to leave behind being conscious that you have a passion around writing, that you have written two books. Um, what is your ambition then? What, what legacy do you want to leave behind, Sunny? Well, I think I want to continue with uh, the power of storytelling. Um, and what I've really liked is uh, the journey I was on uh, with my own consultancy uh, and helping other people um, uh, building their dreams. And now I came to the conclusion that it's now time actually to build my own dream and take more the driver's seat. Um, and combining that with my love for audio, media and technology. So what I'm working on um, um, is uh, something that I started five months ago is a audio platform for kids uh, content. Yeah. And during the pandemic, uh, of course, screen time doubled, uh, no surprises there, but there are other better ways to entertain and educate kids. So I'm really worried about like the digital dilemmas that we're facing mm. today and that Of course, technology can have a great impact on our lives, but also um, we should be worried about the negative effects like increasing screen time and kids uh, not being able to, um, um, yeah, to survive is a big word, but to entertain themselves without, without screens. So my, um, uh, my goal is to build a large library with amazing content tailored to the attention span and also the needs to kids like can be super immersive can be really Im interactive can be with like great voice actors but um, I think there's a lot of potential there and um, that's what I'm focusing and I would be super happy if that uh, could be one of my um, legacy that's a really beautiful legacy Sane honestly um It reminded me of what I experienced yesterday, actually. Yesterday, I went uh, into the nature and uh, for the first time after this winter period, let's say, let's call it that way. Um, I mean, it's now <laughs> beginning of May, but it was a bit long here as well in Portugal. <laughs> um, so I, I, I took off my shoes and walked uh, in the grass and I felt reconnected to my childhood. And... Right. Um, It's, it's an amazing feeling 
you know, remembering as well, this just this touch and this feeling of your feet in on the grass and just taking that moment to just enjoy that. But it, it tells you a lot about how it's important with children to give them this connection with nature. And mm. I, I love your mission. I love this ambition that you have because you are quite an expert. Um, you are in the digital world. So you know which dilemmas are around. And um, so I'm, I'm fascinated around that. I'm looking forward to follow you and, and see what comes next. I'm conscious as well that as a woman in entrepreneurship in the tech world, you have a fantastic journey that you shared with us today. So what advice, what is your biggest advice that perhaps you would uh, like to share um, for women that are scared or are anxious of taking the leap and become entrepreneurs and, and start their own businesses? I would say just do it. Just take that leap. Uh, go on that journey. Uh, you know, you can always go back if, if it doesn't work out. But I think you would always regret if you didn't try it. So I, I definitely would say um, just go for it and uh, build on your own dream. Yeah. And if I may add to that, I, I loved what you mentioned earlier around you should always have a side hustle or side uh, passion that you uh, dive into, that you can disconnect from your day-to-day -day job and just enjoy what you do. Because from that beginning of enjoyment with your passion, something amazing can start. And then you need to go for it. I agree with you. I agree with you. So you've written books, uh, Sana, you've participated in a TEDx talk, which is called A Call for Morality in, in Tech, where you mention your moral compass that you also mentioned here today. So if guys, if you're curious about knowing what the moral compass actually is, then go and listen to the TEDx talk uh, from Sana Canis. I can highly recommend it. It's brilliant. And um how would people be able to connect with you Sana, if they want to get in touch with you sure uh they can find me on linkedin under my name um or on my website called sonicanis.com um and always available on, on twitter i'm not that active anymore like you um i have a bit of love hate relationship with social media uh but i'm definitely uh looking forward to any questions so yeah sure feel free brilliant Thank you, Sane. Thanks for joining me here today, Sane. I, I love this. It's been, it's been a brilliant episode. I really, really enjoyed this. Great. Me too. Thank you so much for the invite and uh, look forward to connecting in real life. Yes, yes. Um, you're always welcome here in Lisbon. I'd love to see you again very soon. Um, and for you guys, thank you very much for listening to this episode with Sane. And please leave a quick review for the Lobster Podcast. You also really don't want to miss out on my next episode in two weeks, when I'll be joined by two very young entrepreneurs, a first with two guests, who started an amazing startup in the telecom business, whilst they're still studying with a master's degree. So it's a fascinating inspiration that you surely don't want to miss out. Please join me in two weeks. Stay tuned with the Lobster Podcast, folks. Uh, to connect with me, check out my bio and head directly to www.lobstercoaching.com. <laughs>